Chris Charles of Idle Features, and with me this evening I have a very special guest whose acting career began in the mid-1970s, and she's since chalked up some very noteworthy roles to her credit, most of which we'll talk about here. The lady is Christine DeBell. How are you this evening, Christine? I'm great. How are you? I'm great, too. And it's really a pleasure to have you here. Now, it's fair to say that your title role in the 1976 film Alice in Wonderland, uh, an X-rated musical fantasy, was at least one of your best-known roles. However, you agreed to do this interview on the condition that I don't ask you any questions about that film, so I won't. Uh, But I would like to start off by touching on your pre-Alice days, if you will. Uh, I won't cover a lot of stuff that's already out there on the internet, but we'll start with uh, your beginnings in showbiz. Now, first of all, you were raised in upstate New York, and you studied voice and dance when you were young, correct? That is correct. I understand you started modeling at age 14? Yep. What were some of your early modeling gigs? Um, Well, no, the early modeling was just done for Macy's Uh in Albany. They had a modeling program where young girls could join that program and do modeling for Macy's specifically. But it was it was sort of they taught modeling how to. So it was it wasn't just so it was something that they created. They had back in back when I was in or the in the early seventies, right? Is that yeah? And I understand you were also with the uh, Ford Modeling Agency, which is now just known as Ford Models. Is that correct? Yes, I'd always wanted to be um, be with Ford, and I was living in New York and in '75, I guess, and just walked into their office and. It's kind of an interesting story because, of course, these that, that what happened to me doesn't really happen anymore. But I walked in and walked up to the um, receptionist and said, she looked at me and said, do you work here? And I said, no. And she said, would you like to? And I said, yes. And I went into Eileen's office. She called Eileen and met her and started modeling for them right away. And what were some of your uh, modeling gigs with them? Well, mostly, I didn't actually have a lot of modeling gigs. A lot of it was um, just her sending me out to all of her photographers to have photos taken for my book. And then she was about to ship me off to Europe, which she then did with many of her new models. And um, I ended up moving to California and starting my film career. Now, you started acting on stage in high school, correct? Yes. Okay. What were some of the plays you were in? Oh my gosh, um, Man of La Mancha, uh, I, I, I did four seasons, four summer stock seasons with the McCaden Theater from my ninth grade year till my senior year. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was I had been in the, in the ninth grade, I had a part in The Sound of Music mm-hmm. in my school play. And so they came to town and I auditioned for them at the beginning of the season and they said, your voice, oh, I know, The Sound of Music came back. I think it was the last show of the season, so I auditioned for it. And they said, your voice is, is much too mature to play one of the kids, so we'd like to you to play the naughty postulant. And then, so I did that. So my ninth grade year, I did that one, their last show, and then went back and did every season. But I did a lot of shows. I can't even think, it, because it's sort of a whirlwind, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Because you're just there for the summer, and you're in every production, because you're basically an extra. But I did get to play the Moorish dancer in Men of La Mancha. Uh, 
I have a photograph of that actually just found recently. Oh, cool. Okay, now you got cast in your first film, and that shot in the summer of 1975. Not a question, just a statement. Yes. Now you did two shoots for Playboy magazine. Uh, your first with, was with Susie Randell who even at that point in her career was probably one of the most famous female erotic photographers in the business. When exactly did you do that shoot with Susie? Suze, it was April... It, it's, it's Suze, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, God, I've been mispronouncing it all these years. Well, Suze, but I actually did three for Playboy. Uh-huh, Suze, yeah. Suze contacted my um, agent and asked me if I would pose for the cover uh-huh. for Play... You know, do a shoot for the cover of Playboy, and I, I, I said yes, of course. Because being on the cover of Playboy sounded like, um, you know, I mean, it was... A big deal. Yeah. A big deal, yeah. So um, so we shot that in April of 1970. Well, we shot it a little before, but uh-huh. the cover came out in April. Yeah, it was April 1976, so it, I'm sure it was shot a few months before and, that. And then from that, Helmut Newton saw that photograph and asked Playboy for my... You know, then he wanted to shoot me. So we shot... We met in Key West and um, shot 21 motels, or how I spent my summer vacation. Mm-hmm. And, and that was for August, I believe. That came out in the August of 76. And then Suze called me again and said, would you do a pictorial, a baseball pictorial? And being a sports nut, I'm like, of course. So, and I, that's actually one of my favorites. Um, it was for the Reds, Yankees, World Series. So that came out in October of 76. And it, it's my favorite because all of the other women that were photographed, I mean, I didn't see it actually until it came out, how they posed. But she knew me, right? She'd gotten to know me with our fir- first shoot. And she knew that I was very tomboyish and very athletic and loved sports. And so I... Um, my photographs were, you know, flipping the bird, holding a beer can between my legs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just, it was, I like it because it's indicative of who I was at that time. Your shoot uh, graced the April 1976 cover of Playboy. And uh, I assume the Alice in Wonderland theme on the cover was Playboy Magazine's idea? There wasn't a, th- a theme. What theme? The, the, fact that the April 1976... Uh, yes, it's just I'm sitting in a chair with uh-huh. a bunch of stuffed animals. I, I don't... I'm, okay, so it had nothing to do... No, with it. I don't see a correlation to okay. it. Okay, fair enough. It had nothing to do with uh, Alice. All right, uh, so moving on to your uh, shoot you did with Helmut Newton. That ran in the August 1976 issue. What was it like uh, working with him? Because even back then, he was a huge name. Well, I mean, it was a terrific experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we got to know each other very well, and he is was uh, just a wonderful man, and he sort of became like a father figure for me. Uh-huh. I'm just during the the shoot, really. I mean, he was just a great, great man, very talented, personable. We had a lot of fun. Was he a perfectionist? Yes, yes, I would say so. Okay, and then after those shoots, you went into um, films. After your aforementioned first film, you were fortunate in that you escaped a sort of stigma that could have been attached to you. Well, you know what? You know, Chris, you say that you're not going to talk about it, but yet you keep doing that. And the reality is, as I said before we started, Alice in Wonderland was released as an R-rated film. 
Okay, I saw it as an X-rated film. Okay. That, that was great. me. That's great. Many people did. You know, they did that. They added all that stuff that has nothing to do with me later. It was released as an R-rated film and became incredibly popular because it was the first film of that type to be done. Musical, very cute. Um, okay, that's, so there you have it. That's, that's, that's the end of it. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't going to ask a question about that. I was going to ask, would you say, did you have any difficulty landing any mainstream roles? I don't Subsequent think so. to that. You had no. no, okay, fair enough. Did you have good representation, good management at that time? You were fairly young. Um, I, I think so. I mean, I, uh, in the beginning, I was with my agent for many years, who mm-hmm. also became my mother. People took care of me, um, or my West Coast mother, as I like to refer to her. And um, we were together for many, many years. And then just before I left town, I did move to. CAA or, you know, a larger agency. But then I ended up leaving. So, you know, one of the big, big agencies in town. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any difficulty. I just, you know, I, I guess I'm think, not thinking back about the actual question you asked. Okay. I had my, I had good rep. I, I, my agent was Sharon Kemp. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think she, and she was fairly new as well. And, and I think she did a good job. Yeah, obviously, um, because you starred alongside some very famous men, now famous men, in their firsts. Uh, for example, Richard Gere in Blood Brothers. That was his first film. Yep. Uh, Bill Murray in Meatballs. He was popular from SNL, but that was, I believe, his first film. And it was also Ivan Reitman's directorial debut. Yes. Uh, you starred with, uh, alongside Jackie Chan in The Big Brawl, which was his first American film. Yes. Now, when you work with these men during those times... Uh, did you think any of them would go on to become as successful as they did? Well, it's not something that you think about when you're doing a job, you know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I never, I didn't think about it. It wasn't, it's like even now thinking back to working with Robert Zemeckis and, and uh, Steven Spielberg. That was only like his third executive, you know, he was starting out in his career. So that was one of his first films, um, I Want to Hold Your Hand. And I didn't think, you know, oh, wow, Stephen, you know what I mean? So it's later that you're like, holy, how lucky was I to Mm -hmm. have worked with those people. Robert Mulligan was the director of Blood Brothers. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know as a young kid, just, you know, that he had been nominated for To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. Who have been some of the more memorable actresses you've worked with in the 70s and 80s? Well, I worked with Linda Hamilton, that was, and because of that, I was then, I read for Terminator, too. Um, I, I didn't get that role, are they actually, it's funny, it was she, her roommate in that, right, was a, in the first Terminator, was an aerobics instructor. Yeah, yeah, I remember her. God, what was and her typically, name? Typically, typically, you know, they, I think they hired a real aerobics instructor. Best Mata, Best Mata, right. <laughs> they ended up, and they ended up cutting out most of the part because they didn't hire an actor. Right, right. Best motto, 20-minute workout, I remember her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, the, that's the part you auditioned for? <gasps> yeah. Okay. But So I can't really, I, I mean, I'm just thinking back. I mean, I worked with a lot of great women. Well, you know, Kate Lynch, come on, she's great. A lot, mm-hmm. of, the, a lot of the girls that were in Meatballs were Canadian actresses, but Kate yeah. and I stayed friends long after. Yeah, you stayed friends with... Uh, Quite a few people you've worked with. I know you're very close friends with Lisa London. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just actually just recently had the opportunity to work together. We didn't actually have yeah. 
That didn't happen earlier, yeah. Okay. Oh, since we brought up uh, Meatballs, uh, that was shot in the summer of 1979, correct? Yes. Uh, was making that one as much fun as one may think? I mean, the camp setting, Bill Murray, oh, etc. Wait a minute, was it released in 79 or was it released in 80? Uh, it was shot in the summer of 79. Oh, okay. Uh, Are you, you, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Yeah, no, it, I mean, I've said this before in interviews. It, and I think that's sort of why it became so popular, because it, it, it was such a fun movie to shoot. And I think it comes across. We had such a great time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, working with Bill. I can imagine. Hilarious. Now, your character's name in that one was A.L. Now, one thing that's I've always wanted to know. What did A.L. stand for? I've researched it. I can't find it anywhere. It, because it doesn't stand for anything. Yeah, it doesn't. There was, there was no, no behind-the-scenes no, no name or nothing in the, in the original script. Nope. Nope. Not that I know. I, no, no, no. Because actually a fan gave me, um, they purchased the original script and gave it to me. No, it's just A.L. Okay. So I used to make fun. I used to, every day on the set, I'd say, you know, my name was something else. Allison Louise, Annie Leibowitz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. okay, that that answers my years-long question. Um, you also did a stint on the long-running daytime soap, The Young and the Restless. Um, yes. What, was, what that. was that like? I ha- Well, actually, I had done previously a summer supplement which is odd. It's not on my IMDb page, but it was, um, they used to do that where they <clears throat> hired young girls. I think it was about, it was a summer supplement. You know, they'd show relevant things for teens in the summer and they really liked me and brought me back to play that character as the hooker, which cracks me up. I, would, I was a hooker. Um, someone said that they had gone to their website. It's one of their um, most I'm not sure how to put it, but it was a very popular... They have, you know, storylines that are good and storylines that are not... So, supposedly, this is what someone said on, the, on their website and that it was listed as one of their more popular storylines was with Paul and myself and Rose. But I really enjoyed it. I mean, working with um, uh, Jeannie. Um, yeah. No, there was really a great group of people and I really, really enjoyed it. And it's sort of like being on a soap opera... It's great training for an actor because you have to memorize possibly 11 pages of dialogue a night. And it was kind of like a nine-to-five job. I lived up the street, and I had just done the big brawl with Jackie and had to learn how to roller skate. So I was, I'd was i roller skate to work at CBS every day, roller skating through the halls at CBS. Okay. Cool. Um, now, let's see, you said early, uh, well, when you were young, you took voice training did you ever do any singing on record or in film? No, no. How about on stage? Yeah, so no, no, of course, yeah, on stage, yeah. But I mm-hmm. never made a record. I mean, I just studied voice. I studied voice, took ballet, and I took, yeah, and then I was, was I, I don't know, why did I study voice? I don't know, I love to sing. I sang mm-hmm. in my grandmother's choir for many years at her church. I really liked to sing. And, and in my school, there was a musical every year, so of course... My hope was, and which happened, obviously, when I was in the ninth grade, I finally got to be in one of the musicals. Well, The Sound of Music. Okay. Now, let's see. When did you first move from New York to the West Coast? 77? So you were still uh, fairly young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was still tw- I was 20 when I got here. I turned 21 out here. Okay, that was the first time. So you were uh, born in 1954, correct? Yes. 
Okay, so it was 75. Yes. When you first... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 76 is when... Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, 75. Okay. Um, during, and, I'd say, the late 70s, early 80s, would you say you sort of lived the Hollywood lifestyle? Oh, for sure. I, I was, had a birthday party, and Sally, um, Sally Kirkland, who was mm-hmm. a good friend and an amazing actress, was very well known out here and gave a lot of parties. So she threw a birthday party for me, and everyone who was anyone, Bob Dylan, was playing in the den. So, yes, I definitely lived the Hollywood lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Okay, did you ever uh, visit New York during that time, late 70s, early 80s, to sort of live the New York uh, lifestyle? Well, I lived in New York City. I mean, mm-hmm. I. Not I mean, after you started uh, in showbiz. No, 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 no. I stayed. I didn't go back to New York until um, '86. Ah, I see. Okay. All right. So, would you care to uh, name drop any of the guys that you dated during that time? <laughs> That's hilarious. Who did I date? Um, Dennis Quaid, mm-hmm. Bobby Carradine, um, Timothy Hutton. That's that's a that's a good. That's a good number. Would you like to share any stories? Uh, no. Okay, fair enough. Do you have any interesting audition stories? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I, um, in 1979, I got um, an audition for a film that was to, uh, a film with, uh, called Raging Bull. Of course. For Stacey and De Niro, and it was the Kathy Mar- Moriarty, is that how you I think so? Her <laughs> part, the part that she was actually nominated. I mean, she was so amazing in the yeah, film. Yeah. But so I, I, and all that really said in the audition notes was must be able to improv. And that's something that I happen to be really good at. I'm almost better at that than something that's scripted. So uh, my agent, who I told you was my mother, right? So she wanted to dress me because she was afraid if she didn't, you know, that I'd dread wear jeans or not dread, you know. I mean, I knew you had to dress for the part, but you know, I was just way too tomboyish for her. So she puts me in, it's at um, MGM, which is now Sony in Culver City, and a very, very hot day. And so I'm in this red polyester sheath. I remember traversing the parking lot, sweating bullets and so nervous. And I go in into the waiting room, and uh, I get brought in. And Scorsese's sitting at a uh, big desk, and then De Niro's. There are two chairs, and De Niro's on my right, and I take the chair to the left. And <clears throat> I'm shocked I remember because I was so nervous, Chris. Right? So you know, there's a little small talk. Scorsese's asking me some questions, and then finally, you know, he says, "Would you guys like to do the scene, the opening mini golf scene?" And I said, "Yes, of course." So we stand up, and Bobby puts his arms around me like he's holding a golf club. And I, it's like I feel myself melting into Bobby De Niro's body. And I'm like, oh, my God, Robert De Niro has his arms around me. And then I'm like, oh, wow, we're suppo- these are my thoughts, right? Oh, wow, we're, we're supposed to do the scene. Oh, my gosh, is he going to say anything? Who should start right? And then all, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> And you were like 25 at this time, right? Yeah, right. And I'm, I'm like... I'm freaking out. So I finally say, look, are we going to play golf or what? That's all I can think of to say. And then I don't even remember the ride. I think that it just was like a thank you very much. You know, I don't know. I don't, because I was so nervous. I don't even know what happened after that. But it was so, but that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. (laughs) All right. Okay, so let's see. You took a 20-plus year hiatus from acting. Uh, to raise a family and live a domestic life, correct? Yes. Now, you, you moved back to New York 
Yeah, but in ups- upstate New York in yes. uh, 1986. I understand you lived on a uh, thoroughbred ranch? A farm, yeah. A farm? You call, you call them ranches out here. They're farms back east. Okay, yeah. this was your family's? No, no, no. My uh, my now ex-husband uh, was promoted to run his company in New York after we were married and had our first son out here. Uh-huh. And so we went back, and he was had always loved horses and was very interested in having a horse farm and having a farm. And so I was like, woohoo, you married a farmer, so... Mm-hmm. Because I had been raised on a farm, so big farm in Ghent, New York, and spent a lot of years there. Now, during this hiatus, uh, you did some acting in theater, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there was a theater just down the road called the Ghent Playhouse, and I also did some um, regional theater at the local community colleges, so I, I did a lot of theater. I wouldn't say, yeah, and I was also on, on the board of the, the, uh, the Ghent Playhouse, so I was pretty involved with that theater company. Mm. Now, did you do anything in front of the camera during this time, uh, a bit part or commercial or anything like that? No. Mm-mm. I never really did commercials, even yeah. out here. Okay. During this time, did you plan to return to acting in films or TV someday? Oh, no, no, absolutely. The plan was always, my ex and I had always said that we would come back out here. I see. We both, we, uh, we both loved California, the weather, and, just, and, and obviously it was where I you know, had started my career, I wanted to come back. I did actually have a short stint. I got an agent when I first went back to New York. I did get an agent in New York. And um, my first audition, because I was two hours north on the city, so it's kind of a funny story. I had an audition. I jump on the train for the two-hour commute to the city, and the train stops near Poughkeepsie. And I look out the window, and the conductor's walking down you know, on the side of the track with a wrench. So I knew I was in trouble. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously late. I was very late to the audition. And, um, yeah, so I realized that it, that probably was not going to work living upstate and auditioning in New York city. Uh, you moved back to LA in 2008. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, now you began doing some acting uh, at that time. But it was actually a few years later, I, be, I believe in 2012, when you decided to return to acting more or less full-time? No, it was full-time the whole time. I think, I mean, oh, oh, eight, you know, because coming back, obviously, it's not easy. So mm-hmm. um, I did have a few agents, and, and I had a few opportunities. The thing was is that basically people were like, okay, well, this is a terrific re- resume, but what does she look like now, and what is she? What has she done lately? Mm-hmm. So I had to spend a few years, you know, getting some film, getting head... Yeah. New headshots and... Yeah, new headshots. Demo yeah, reel, etc. And I still had a, had a son, one son at home, so, it, it, you know, trying to squeeze that in while caring for him. Right. Um, I'm just trying to think, when was that first uh, Halloween puppy? Was that the first one back? What, is that 12? I believe by your uh, IMDb page it says, but then well, again, IMDb not isn't always accurate. Yeah, they well, get things I mean, out of sequence. But. but it, but yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So that if it came out in twelve, it was filmed in eleven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that you know, it's like coming back and you know wanting to get back. There. Yeah, okay. it was it was a slow process. Right. <laughs> okay. Now, some of your recent films uh, include Samurai Cop Two, Deadly Vengeance, uh, Three Wicked Witches. Trophy heads. Yeah, Samurai Cup Two was great. Mm-hmm. I um, it was a lot of. I mean, Greg Hatanaka is really a terrific director. I um, 
but the one that that was better for me really I had done um, Hunter Future Cop for him and it was and I really enjoyed doing that because it it was the first time that I had the opportunity to play a bad guy I was a dirty cop a chief mm-hmm. of police because previously I mean sure when you're in acting class you get to work on all sorts of characters and do different parts but it, but that's not how I was cast in the in the 70s and 80s I was mostly playing 16 year old girls mm-hmm. or very young women or the best friend you know and right. then and now and then <clears throat> Greg gave you know gave me the opportunity to play this juicy part I understand he's a great director I've heard very high praise for him I did an interview with Donnelly Heising I believe you met her on the mm-hmm. set of that and she spoke very highly of him so yeah and then but who really got me back was David Dakota and what how that happened was I was before I had an agent or maybe I was in between agents given the t- given the time frame we've discussed I was submitting myself because you can do that now I mean the business has changed so much so I'm sub- submitting myself and I see this role that I'm right for and I submit myself and I get a message back saying are you available and I said Oh my gosh, yes, I'm available to read. And he said, read? I know who you are. May I send you the script? And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. So that's how, and then Dave and I did five films together. Well, one was just a voiceover. But yes, he really, you know, got me back. Would you find the roles that you uh, do these days are more challenging than the ones you did back in the 70s and 80s? I wouldn't say it's more challenging. It's just different because I have a different perspective. I'm a different person, so I approach things differently. It's it's almost like as a young girl, you know, I didn't know. I just, I mean, I obviously studied acting. I studied with Milton Kinsellis in the Beverly Hills Playhouse. But it, I don't know. I, it's hard to say because I'm, I, I, you know, I've went grown into a. A woman and have different thoughts and feelings and you know for back in the back in the day I would say that you know I'd just get a job and it was just a job I'd go and I'd do the job and then I'd move on to the next and people would say oh how did you feel about that and so like well I didn't even think about Mm -hmm. whatever you know like what was it like working you know I didn't think about well like you had asked about working with people that would go on to become did I think no it's like with meatballs I didn't know it would become um, the sort of cult classic it is. Yeah, cult yeah. classic. Mm-hmm. Had, I, I didn't know I had fans until I went to my first signing. and mm-hmm. People flew in from Texas and drove down from Seattle to meet me. I was like, what? I had no idea. Yeah, it's uh, often the case. I've interviewed several ladies who were popular you know, back in that era, and they had no idea. They were so well-known or had so many legions of fans mm-hmm. until you know, these days. Right. Now, I see there's two on your IMDb that are slated for release next year. Is there anything you can tell me about these two? Darling Nikki? Darling Nikki is a project that Greg's been working on for a while. And so I have a role in it, but he hasn't really... I, I don't know when that's happening. You know what I mean? He um, He's filmed... It's like he has this vision for what this film will be and he's done pieces of it and he wants to add me in so i but i really can't say because i don't even know yet right, right. what it's going to be offering uh, compromise is with um tom cavanaugh that is still in post it's about to be taken out to the film festivals but it's a terrific film i think it's going to do very well i mean i have a a very small part but, but it's going to be a I think it's going to be well received. How about the film Merrily? 
Merrily is a is a film. Um, I just saw him last night actually because he had a CD release. He's an act. He was an actor, and now he's director producer. He's making his own films, and it's a just an idea for a very visionary film that he has that he contacted me for. He's contacted me a few times. I did some. I did a. Uh, he had a CD, and he asked me to be in his music video. We work together. Like if you'll notice on my IMDb, the very first thing. When I came back was Beyond Sunset, something like it, they were Dutch, and they were here on a visa shooting an esoteric film, <laughs> and he'd never seen it. But that's how I met him, and so we worked on that film together. I think I played the part of Norma Desmond. So yeah, so so I, there's not much to say. I he's also that's something that he's doing over. It's not. It's a short film, and it's right. I haven't finished working on it. I did one scene, and I have a couple scenes to shoot okay. yet. Now, uh, who in the film industry have you first met in recent years who has impressed you on either side of the camera? Who in recent years have I met that yeah. impresses me on either side? Right. on Someone you didn't know or didn't know of back in the 70s or 80s. Well, that would kind of be everybody, but and I. But the thing is, is, I haven't met that many people, right? I mean, I mean, if you're talking about people I've worked with, I already said that Dave Dakota is right. is just and Greg also. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gregory Hatanaka. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about some of your activities outside of showbiz. Uh, I assume you're an avid equestrian. Well, it's not. I mean, yes. I mean, I love to ride. It's right. not like I get. Yeah, you know, I don't get a lot of opportunity here. Sometimes we hack out in Griffith Park, which is mm-hmm. kind of right. Okay, I understand you're from Chatham, New York. Yep. I know you've ridden in the old Chatham Hunt. And that's in your hometown. How do you know that? Oh, I do my research. I do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was a member of the old Chatham Hunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you do that every year? That's an annual event. Yeah, I, do, I mean, I don't do it since I've moved, but yeah, we did it every year. It's an annual, mm-hmm. it's in the fall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand uh, hunt is actually a misnomer. You don't actually hunt the foxes. You don't actually track them down and kill them. No, no, no. And the thing is also is that fox are very cyclical, and they really weren't around. I mean, sometimes we could be galloping through the uh, the woods in old Chatham, New York, chasing a coyote. But that is correct. No, no animals were killed. Mm-hmm. That's a long-standing event. How far back does that go? You mean the old Chatham Hunt? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't... I have pictures of them, the old Chatham Hunt. I have a photograph of the old Chatham Hunt, I think, in 1929 in the East Chatham Square. Mm-hmm. It's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any other hobbies or interests that only those close to you know about? Like something that's not on your bios? I like to read fantasy adventure. I'm reading a great series right now called King Killer Chronicles. Um, I love to read, and I like to read paper. I'm, it's you know, I I used to have I you know, it's like I reading on a like a Kindle or I, I mean maybe when I travel I should get one, but I really enjoy reading on paper. Oh yeah, I understand. I'm the same way. It's not the same thing reading right. on a Kindle. I mean, you know, you got to have that book in your. You have to have something more tangible. <laughs> I'm the same way. What then else? It, I, love then, I love to cook. Do you uh, collect anything? Um, the reason I asked this question is because I did, once did an interview with a stunt woman, a Hollywood stunt woman. She right? falls out of buildings, gets set on fire, gets hit by cars, and she collects Pez, you know, the candy dispensers. Oh, and, that's so great. Yeah, I said, that's kind of cool. That's something I'll bet no one ever knew about you. So do you have any collections? 
No, no, uh, no, I'm not a collector. I don't mm. collect anything, but I do like old things. Like I have, I have things like an antique ice um, grinder. Mm-hmm. I would say that my taste is a little farmy. I like old, like I have a something hanging up that is a, a piece of barn wood from my grandparents' barn that my dad put a piece of barn of bobbed wire on it. Mm-hmm. I just, I like old antiques relics sure yes antiques i, I love I mean, that stuff too antiques but but i would say specifically um they would sometimes now what do they call it when when the things have been distressed i like them so distressed that they almost look <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i like okay. yeah, i like old things okay you still have family in chatham um yes i do i have family oh. in chatham i have family in florida i have family in well, that's basically where the majority is. I have a sister who's in San Antonio right now. Are you ever recognized by fans these days from any of the films or TV shows you did back in the 70s or 80s? Well, I was actually recently, but it wasn't in the 70s and 80s, and it was just shocking to me. This young girl came up to me and said, oh, my God, you were in a talking cat. Uh-huh. And she went on to say that it's one of her favorite... And she, in her 20s, one of her favorite films, and she had, whenever they, all of her girlfriends have a sleepover, they watch it over and over again. But my last time, I think, being recognized for meatballs was in um, Williamstown, Mass., in a pub about 10 years ago. Maybe, yeah, maybe 10 years. And it was shocking. Mm-hmm. He said, oh my gosh, you were in meatballs. And I'm <laughs> like, wow, dude, yeah, like 40 years ago. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah. But, you yeah. know, you've reached so many fans. Now, as we speak, what are you currently working on? I'm not currently working on any project. I have had some cool auditions, which is mm-hmm. fun. You know, so it's sort of getting back to the level that I would, you know, I, I read for a, a part on a, for a, a series regular, um, on a Hulu series. Or, I mean, I didn't get them, but you know what I mean? So slowly it seems like. I, for, a, for a guest starring role on a, a CBS series, Mm-hmm. So that's fun. But I have, you know, directors that I've worked with like Greg and have projects and other people have spoken to me about projects that they're very, very interested in me for, but nothing, you know, I haven't, no one's sent me a contract yet. Okay. Okay. Well, with that, I'll say again, what a pleasure it's been talking to you, Christine. In closing, do you have any shout outs to anyone? Shout outs? Who, who, who should I shout out to? Oh, it's up to you. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I, Friends, family, fans. <laughs> no, but I usually would say, you know, for people to check out Hunter, because it's, mm-hmm. it's like a 70s cop drama. And then I can, and please, um, you can find me on Facebook at Christine DeBell, Twitter at Christine DeBell, Instagram at Christine DeBell, or actually my website, which I built myself, Chris, and I'm very proud of, um, ChristineDeBell.com. Okay, great. All right, so on behalf of Christine and myself, I'll say thank you to the listeners, readers, and fans of Idle Features. If you like what you see and hear at our website, subscribe and follow us on social media to catch our upcoming interviews with more ladies worthy of a double take. This has been Chris Charles. Thank you, Chris. My pleasure.